No. How many believe God gives you witty ideas? God directs your steps and shows you what to do and how to do it. And we just want to reach people. That's our goal here is to reach people and to uh, put the Word of God in them. Amen? And uh, there's a lot of people that's not regular anywhere in church. And uh, for some reason or other, we don't know why, but you know what? God knows. And there's some of them that just, I don't know, but you know what? If that hunger gets stirred up to where they want, the, want some more, then we got it open to them. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that we're going to see people come in on Wednesday mornings <laughs> that, you know, they're hungry. They're hungry. You know, some, one preacher said one time, those that love their church, they come on Sunday morning. You know, they love the church. They love their pastor, they come on Sunday night. But if they love God, they come on Wednesday night, too. <laughs> I saw that throw that in. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God's good, isn't he? Amen. We've been ministering uh, on uh, the subject of the root system of faith. Anybody getting anything out of these teachings on the root system of faith? You know, we started out showing what the primary root, the tap root is. A plant has to have a tap root. A tree's got to have a tap root. If it's going to, if it's going to blossom and, and bloom and be healthy, it's got to have that tap root. And if you're going to be a healthy Christian, when I say healthy, I'm not just talking about physically healthy. I'm talking about spiritually healthy. The joy, the peace, amen, just that presence of God in your life. You've got to have that taproot, what we call faith. Faith is that taproot. Anything that is connected with anything you get, healing, you've got to have faith. Financial blessings, you've got to have faith. Loved ones getting saved, you got to have faith. Having the joy of the Lord, you got to have faith. Having the peace of God, you got to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So thank God for the taproot of faith. And every one of us have that taproot of faith. Most of us were raised in um, an atmosphere of faith and an atmosphere of Holy Ghost move and, 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 and the power of God moving. But so often people wander off and they, they don't keep that taproot in, you know, and we need to get that taproot back in. And I'll tell you what, people in Aubrey area, Denton area, all around this area, they need to get that taproot of faith back in and get, get established Get established in the Lord again. Amen? Established in the Word of God. Used to. I'll tell you, how many remember when you first got saved? You wouldn't let the devil knock you off dead center for nothing. I mean, you'd give him a run for his money. <laughs> and you'd put, you'd, you'd fight with everything within you to stand. Nowadays, it seems like we just kind of like the old dog, just roll over. <laughs> have your way. But no, we're going to have to get that bulldog tenacity again, amen, and uh, be able to believe God. But we're, we want to, this is going to be the fourth session on this. Are y'all getting anything out of this at all? Now, we've got notes available for you if you want the notes, and sometimes people like the notes. 
Uh, we, we make copies for some. I know Paula gets some. We try to get a Paul to you. If we don't, well, she knows where they're at. So, but we, we, we've got, people like to go back and review the Word of God. I want to tell you something. I, I, I was, I was meditating the other day, uh, on the call of God on my life. I was called when I was young, very young, to preach the gospel. Uh, I yielded to the Lord at age probably 12, 13, and really yielded to the Lord at that point as far as yielding to the call of God in my life and really receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life at a youth camp. And uh, I, 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 was, I, I pulled back. I, we received some personal prophecies during that youth camp, and the people back then, they didn't, they didn't all they could do was just <laughs> listen to it on a recording and, and write it out and type it out. You know, they typed them all out for me. But through the years, I've seen God fulfill that particular call in my life. I am a preacher. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I can preach uh, uh, a hallelujah message. <laughs> I, I can I can do these things, but you know my main calling is teaching the word. And I look back over one of those prophecies back in 1961, I believe it was somewhere along there, that my dad was actually doing the youth conference in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in the woods out there. You know, I had 300 teenagers there, and uh, the spirit of God moved and. And the word of the Lord began to come forth to me personally. And others there also received many things from the Lord. But uh, I began to reread those prophecies. I still got them. And, he, and, and the, the word of the Lord came to me through the men of God at that point. And they said, you're not going to just be a preacher of the word. And they emphasized it three times. You're going to be a teacher of the word. A teacher of the word. I'm a preacher, but I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher, teacher, teacher, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to, I want to have substance with something I say. I don't want to, I don't want to shout and holler and you go out and forget what I said by the time you got to the house, you know. I want to give you some substance that you can chew on. And the, that, that word will, you can digest that word and it'll make you what you're supposed to be. How many wants to be what you're supposed to be? We're never too young or never too old to receive from the Lord. And let God begin to do something. But today I want to just finish up on this root system of faith. I want to talk about the two prayers for the church that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Now Paul received a revelation of this, uh, of this revelation of the root system. But let's read in, first of all, read Jeremiah 17 verses 5 through 8. Look what it says. Thus says the Lord. Now when it says thus says the Lord, we gotta open our eyes and pay attention. Thus says the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his uh, uh, makes flesh his arm or his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a tree or shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. In a salt land which is not inhabited. But look what the seventh verse says. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. (laughs) 
whose hope the Lord is. How many hopes in the Lord today? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. Is his, but his leaf will be green, and he will not be anxious for any in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now this is this is uh, this is the a man of God that gets gets planted by that rivers of water. Amen. And we we've got to we've got to come to the place where we can get into the things that God wants, and we we're going to be blessed. How many say I can say I'm blessed? You're blessed. We're blessed of the Lord, and because. We trust in the Lord. Trust is something you got to you got to know that it's you, you know my little girl when she was little she'd get on the kitchen table I'd put her up there and I say jump daddy's arms and boy she'd just jump and I we'd do that three or four times and then I was tired and I just just didn't want to do it no more and I turned my back and I turned around and she said daddy catch me. And I mean, I just barely called her. I was already about 10 feet from her, you know. And she just jumped in the midair. I finally got there and got her just before she hit the ground. I said, Stacy, you don't do that like that. Only when I want to play. <laughs> but you know what? That's trust. we got to trust the Lord with everything within us. See, God never intended for His church to be fearful. And weak. God never intended to have a weak church or a fearful church. When we read the news lines and the headlines and hear the news and all of these things, fear should not grip our hearts, but hope should grip our heart. Because we know that the coming of the Lord draws nigh. See, all these things add up to one thing. The signs of the coming of the Lord. And so our hope is in Him. And God never intended for us to be weak or fearful, but His intent was to bring many sons into glory. Many sons. God wants to bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. That, and that's exactly what God wants to do. But look what the Bible says in Hebrews 2, verses 9 through 15. This is Paul writing again. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. <laughs> for every man. Amen? Now, look what it said. But we see Jesus, uh, who, for it became him, for whom a little lower, he, he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should do what? Should taste death. For every man, for every man, for it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church, while I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And behold, I am the children which God has given me. Hallelujah. And 
For as much, now look at this verse, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, that was a lot of scriptures, but you ought to take those scriptures and read them again. Because Paul's talking about something there, about Jesus, who he is, what he is, what he's done for us. And this is what our faith has got to be in. Our faith has got to be established in what he did. It's all in what Jesus did. It's all in who he is and what he did for us that our faith is based upon. And when we begin to see that, the fruit of the tree comes from the life in the root system of the tree. The, the fruit of the tree comes from the life system of the root of the tree. How many knows we've got to have that root? See, we're still talking about the root system of faith, and we've got to have it. And the believer's life flows from the life of Jesus Christ. The believer's life comes from him. Listen, you can't depend on the next person next to you or someone else in the church to be your Savior. Somebody said, I don't feel comfortable unless you're here with me. No, you ought to be comfortable because Jesus is with you. See, the Lord's with us. And it's good that we can feel comfortable with one another. There's people I love to be around in a time of crisis. I want to be around somebody that believes of like faith like I do. And believe that God can do and will do all things for us according to His Word. And we, we, we need to understand that it's the, the, the believer's life. It flows from Jesus, though. It's from Him. And the quality of the fruit of the tree depends on our root system. The quality of who you are as a believer depends on your root system. The quality of your faith. I'm going to get down where we live now. The quality of your faith depends on your root system. People should never, because of their Mistakes or their lack of faith should never disturb your strong faith. Because our relationship isn't based on somebody else's experience. Our relationship is based on our personal experience with the Lord and our personal taproot of faith in the things that God's done, regardless of whether anybody else goes along with it or not. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to say Jesus is Lord. I'm going to say we've got the victory. Amen? And so, if the root system is poor, the quality of the fruit is poor. If your root system is not established deep, when you come into your crisis time or the stormy time, you're not going to, your faith isn't going to surface. <laughs> your worries and doubts and fears will surface because you're not rooted into that, that root of faith, that taproot of faith in what God does. But I want to look, let's look at what Paul's talking about here. Faith confessions. Now listen, don't turn me off because I say faith confessions. I don't believe in that confession stuff, Brother Clarence. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, I don't believe I can. Yeah, you do. You, you really do believe in faith confessions. You really Because unless you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you can't even be saved. 
So we believe in the confession. Now, I know there's some people that got way off in left field and right field and center field and all that place. You know, they got way off base, in other words, because they got involved in, well, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to just point my finger and accuse them, you know, but, but they get caught up in materialistic things, you know. It's materialism rather than spiritual life. See, now God said he would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I was called to task on that one time by a preacher. He said, Brother Clarence, I know what you're doing. You're quoting that scripture because you want to get a big offer. And I said, no, I'm not looking to you for a big offering. I'm looking to God. But the word says that, we, that you know, we're going, we're going to prosper. I would that you prosper. Now, prosper, what is prosper? It's having more than enough. It's not just financially. We need to prosper spiritually before we can even get into the financial realm. Spiritual prosperity is very important as well as material prosperity. But I don't believe God wants us to live as paupers. I don't believe we're little urchins walking around with our hands out begging. I believe God wants us to have more than enough. Praise God. And I believe God wants to bless us with more than enough. Every one of us here are blessed with more than enough. So you believe in blessings. And he would that you prosper and be in health. (laughs) Now, look what it says, though. Even as your soul prospers. So all of these other things aren't really going to really last very long, even if you get a touch from the Lord or something, because you've got to get that taproot of faith in. As your soul prospers, then you're going to see these other things come to fruition in your life and the fruit of everything that God wants you to have. Amen? Now, faith demands a confession of faith that relates to your situation. God wants you to, listen, some people have never really, I had a, a, a couple in my church one time that they, they came down front, you know, and they uh, came because they wanted to give their heart to the Lord, you know. That, that was the reason they came down. And we prayed. They were touched. But in just a week or so, no joy, no peace. They didn't get no root, and there was no root system there, you see. They were, they were only going through a motion of doing something. I believe many times the heart can be pricked by the Spirit of God as they're hearing the message and the Word of the Lord. And at that moment, there's a conviction that hits them. Did you know conviction's important? Yeah, you you got to be you you got to see how horrible you were before you can get saved, <laughs> Amen. You you got to see how somebody said, "Well, I, well, I'm a good person. I, I I'm just I just you know no 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 no. There's none righteous, no not one. None righteous, no not one. So it's not being a good person that gets anybody into this kingdom. It's being that person you recognize without Christ, you're nothing. Without Him, you're nothing. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't have any strength. 
Without the Holy Spirit, you don't have no anointing. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not, without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to have the revelation of the Word come alive in your heart. So you need all of these things. But faith confession is important. Look at first, for Second Corinthians 4 verse 13, what Paul says. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Therefore, have I spoken. <laughs> and we also believe and therefore speak. Now, this couple that came forward, finally we were able to get them to one time to realize because they were always in and out, in and out, in and out. It never took root. And we set them down, and we talked with them. And we explained to them what, what, what they did when they came forward. But I said, if you came forward just on emotion, you're, you're, it's not getting you nowhere. You've got to come forward because of need. And you know that Christ is the answer to that need. And you've got to come forward and believe Him. I had a man... <laughs> He, he, he kept, he was, he was five or six years older than I was, you know, as a, and I was the pastor and he had never been in church in his life. Never been in church. And, uh, finally someone told me where he lived and I went and, uh, and they told me what time he got off work. So I'd, I'd go every Tuesday afternoon and visit him at four o'clock. Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock, I'd visit him. And, uh. And so, you know, the first time he was pretty cordial. Oh, yeah, okay. But I came the next Tuesday and the next Tuesday. And we were in revival <laughs> with a preacher from Tennessee. I tell you what, now, if you want someone to get saved in a wild revival, uh, you need to get that preacher in. He was a wild preacher, you know. But it, but it was good. It was anointed of God. And, and, uh, but, uh, it, it, but I'd, I'd go see him and, and I'd, every Tuesday at 4 o'clock I was there. Then one Tuesday, it was in the summertime. I remember it was in July, summertime. Hot. Oh, my goodness. My shirt was already soaking wet from the sweat, you know, from the heat and, and all of that. And I took my coat off. I'd been to the hospital to make visitation and different things. And took my coat off, left it in the car, took my tie off and, you know, put it down there. And, and I walked up the door. And then I noticed he had a water sprinkler on on the front porch. And I could, I said, well, that's strange. He don't have no plants there. Anyway, I just waded right through the water, knocked on the door, water just dripping off of me. This man comes to the door. He said, I can't believe it. Get in here, preacher. I can't believe it. I said, well, you know, the water sprinkler was on, but I knew I just wanted to come and say hi to you. And he said, well, get in here. And he let me get a towel and he wiped me off, you know. Come to find out later, he let me know he put that there on purpose. Because every Tuesday after at that time, I'd come and knock on the door, and he didn't want me to come. But you know what happened? He came. We were in revival, and that Sunday morning he came, and I mean, <laughs> the Lord moved. And George, his name was George. He came up through the. Prayer, he came up through and, and let the preacher, he was praying for people. And he, he came up and he just stood there like a statue, you know. 
No, no expression on his face. Prayed for him, and and uh, and and then we we prayed for everybody else. And here come we looked up, and here's George again. We said, well, George, what do you want? He said, I just want to feel what I felt while ago. <laughs> Sunday night, guess where George was? At the altar. His head reared back. He's taller than I am. Head reared back and hands up in the air, tears streaming down his face. And he just shouting, I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! I mean, God tremendously transformed his life just like that. George became a, dear Lord, there wasn't enough to, he'd work all day, come over to the church, work until night, and just do anything around the church. He finally started, he got him a, 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 like a van and started going getting people. And then we got a bus, he started getting people in church and just bringing them to church and, and all of these things. Listen, I'll tell you what, when God gets a hold of you, there's a change. There's a transformation. But you know, there had to be that confession of faith. And that Sunday night when he came, boy, I mean, he, he, he let it out. He got born again. He got filled. He, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I was preaching a little seminar in, uh, uh close to, uh, it was in Oakwood, Texas. It's a little bitty town there. And, uh, Oakwood, Texas. And, and that place was jam packed during that period. This was back when the move of God was happening, you know, and, and, uh, jam-packed, and George went with me and some of his relatives, and, and, you know, he went with me that night, and he was standing right up close to the front. We were praying for people to get the Holy Ghost, and George came up to receive the Holy Spirit, and and the power of God knocked him backwards, and there was no place for him to lay, so someone just held him for about 30 minutes while he spoke in tongues, you know, and but George was transformed. He's He's up in years right now, but... But, you know, the thing is, he's done a great work for the Lord through the years. He did an African network of preachers and pastors. I mean, all over the continent of Africa. And, I mean, God used him in a great way. He became missions director for uh, Gordon Lindsay's uh, fellowship that he started, the fellowship ministry of preachers. And, I mean, God blessed him. Why? Because he believed. He got that root system down. You all still with me? But, listen. Confession's important. Faith demands a confession of faith. You can't just sit there and think in your heart, I believe God. I believe God. Somebody said, What you doing? I'm believing God right now. Just No. Faith has a confession of there's a confession of faith that comes with it. We we've got to we've got to get it all and and <laughs> Because we we read that Romans ten eight ten while ago, what did it say? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes, or one believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, you got to believe, but what you believe, you got to say it. If I walked around for three weeks and you know just said, nodded at my wife inside and saying, I love you, I love you. You know, just saying it inside, not saying it. Just, I love you. You know what? Before long, she'd come to me and she said, Do you really love me? <laughs> well, she don't have to do that because we tell each other 110 times a day we love each other, you know. But what I'm saying is, you got to say it. How many understand what we're saying? you got to speak it out of your mouth and believe what it says. 
Faith is that taproot. What does it say in Colossians 2, 6, and 7? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Look what Romans 4, uh, let's see, verses 7. Jesus says also, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now look what God said about Abraham in Romans four seventeen, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, God began to speak to Abram when he first left the land that he was living in, that land of idolatry. God spoke to him as he, as after his father died and he, he came on out after Terah died. And he came on out after he stayed with him until he did die and buried him. And then God sent him out and said, lift up your eyes and look in, as far as you can see and behold the land. And say, I'm going to make a great nations, great nation out of you. You know, God, God, all he had was Abraham. He said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And all of this land, he began to give them the territory. Listen, that's the first territory God gave Israel because that's who Abraham is, Israel, you see. And, and, and because now then, all that land that God spoke in Genesis, all that land is still belongs to Israel. Israel's still going to get it all because that's what God said. And if God said it, we just got to believe it. Amen. But listen, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Romans 4.17, Paul's uh, relating this. And uh, in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now listen, I don't want you to get out here in deep left field, you know, and one guy down in Louisiana one time, he was believing God for a motor home for his ministry, and he got out there, and, and he got all of his water and the buckets and, and everything, and he, and he didn't have no motor home, and he got this step ladder, and he was out there just washing, just washing. Somebody came by and says, what are you doing? He said, I'm just washing my new motor home. They walked off going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy's crazy. They came by next week. He was out there washing his motor home again. Nothing there. He just kept washing it. Is it going to show up? It's here. And somebody said, now that is crazy. Yeah. Sometimes crazy people get the good things too. You know what happened the next time they came by? He had a brand new motor home there, one of those great big long ones. God didn't just bless him with a little bitty one like I had one time. <laughs> he blessed him with a great big long one. And I'm telling you, he was out there washing the real thing. And those people, they were sitting there in amazement. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, now listen. Material things is not the ultimate thing that you need to believe for. But there's times when there's a need for material things. That you have to believe God for, especially if you're in ministry. And he was in ministry, and he traveled, and he believed God for that, and God gave it to him. Praise the Lord. God gave us a motorhome one time, and I was excited about it. 
It wasn't that big, but I was excited for what I had. Glory to God. It served my purpose. But you see, the thing is, we, we have to understand that nothing shall be impossible unto the Lord. How many believes that? What did Jesus say? He said to have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus declare that in the teaching to his disciples following him? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea. Listen, sometimes you've got to talk to the problem just like you're talking to a person and say, be moved in Jesus' name. Hindrances, be moved in Jesus' name. And as you do that, you're going to see God do what he said. Now, look at the prayers that Paul prayed. I want to just briefly go through these with you. But that first prayer was revelation. That you might see. Look what it says in Ephesians 1. It's a few verses here, but we want to read them all. Verses 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Wherefore, also I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to the saints. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him. Now, this is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that's named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and have put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of all that fills in all. Praise God. Now, that's Paul speaking and praying to the people of Ephesus in the book of Ephesians there. It's a prayer that God gives us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. We've got to see it before you have it. You've got to see that Jesus is Lord before you ever get him as Lord of your life. You've got to see him as the healer before you see the manifestations of healing. in you. If you don't see him and know that in your heart, you'll never receive what is rightfully yours in Jesus' name. I'm talking about getting that taproot of faith down and getting it in to where you can have what God says is yours. Now, God says it's ours. I believe it, don't you? Now, there's three watts in this first prayer. He said that you may know in Ephesians 1.18 that you may know what the hope of his calling is. The hope of his calling. That you may know. And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what the hope of his calling is. See, the eyes of our understanding. We, we gotta have our eyes opened. We've got to see like God sees. And then look at the second thing in Ephesians 1 verse 18, the same thing. That you may know 
that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? And then, in the, in the 19th verse of Ephesians 1, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? Hallelujah. Are you all still with me this morning? God says we got to see it. We've got to know it. We've got to know the exceeding greatness of his power. And, uh, and, and because you know what revelation does? It enlightens our heart. Ha, have you ever noticed, you, you know, sometimes you, 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 you gotta, you gotta realize that it, it's, it's real. It's real. I've seen people's eyes light up. They'll, They'll meet me after service and say, Brother Clarence, I've never seen this before, but I see it now. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Word is true. The word's, tr- the word's truth regardless. But you see, it's not going to work in our lives until we know the truth. What Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we've got to know it and understand what God is saying. But revelation enlightens our heart, and what it is, we see it like God sees it. How, how, Listen, have you ever tried to explain something to somebody and they just don't see it? Like you're, you, don't you understand what I'm saying, Sister Paula? I mean, what's going on? Got this blank look on your face like, huh? Not really, she's not like that today. <laughs> but, you know, it's seeing, seeing it like God sees it. We look at our problem only like the devil sees it. But we got to look at it like God sees it. See, when you get saved, God sees the finished product. Even though you don't act it sometimes. But you grow and you develop and the revelation knowledge increases and as it increases in you, then you're able to become what God's called you to be. Hallelujah. So Abraham was instructed by God to do what? To lift up his eyes and behold the land that was his and his descendants. That's found in Genesis 12, 1, 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. See, Abraham, here he was. He was fleeing, really fleeing for his life in a sense, because they were mad at him in the the area where he lived, because he, he was standing for the things of God. And, you know, it's interesting to study the life of Abraham, if you get a chance to get into the history of it. You know, about that time, remember Noah? Noah had to have a go place. He had to have a place to go live. Remember Noah? After the earth was flooded. And Noah and his descendants, they settled in the area where Abraham was. Now, out of that, isn't it terrible? Out of righteousness, still evil crops up. Because people don't see it like God sees it. And people don't believe it like God believes it. And in where Abraham lived, they, they were committing abortions by the multitudes 
offering these babies un, unto as sacrifices unto the, the goddess and the devil, you know, that they had there that they were worshiping. And so, you know, this is nothing new what we're seeing in America or around the world. This thing's a, it's a spirit of Satan. It's an anti-Christ, anti-God move. And we need to understand God's still on the throne. But God told Abram to get out of there. And he showed them all this land. It's yours. So, but he said, you got to see it like I see it, Abraham. And we, and, and this is what we, we got to see it like God sees it. What did, what did Joshua do? Remember when they finally got into the land after they'd wandered 40 years? They'd had to wander 40 more years. And, and, uh, and now they, they come into the land and finally Moses goes on and Joshua becomes a leader and God goes, God tells them to go across and, and get what's theirs. But look what they do. When they get over to where, where the city of Jericho is, a walled city that the enemy had walled, that city was so walled it was impossible to penetrate in the natural. But look what God said in Joshua 6.2. See, this is what revelation faith does. Seeing it like God sees it. And look what God told Joshua. See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty Men of valor. They weren't in his possession yet, but yet God said, See, I have given it into your hand. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to bring it down to our everyday life. We need to look at the situations in our life and see Jesus is our redemption. See, Jesus is our healer. See that he's that gift of life. See that he's the supernatural provider. How many see what I'm saying this morning? We've got to see it like God sees it. Even though I don't care what it looks like on the outside. See, I have given it into your hand. Now, how many believes that Aubrey belongs to God, not the devil? Do you really believe that? So we can't say, well... Boy, nobody wants to serve God. Well, they didn't want to serve God in, in those days either. <laughs> that The enemy was still there, had the walled city there, so thick, impossible for it to penetrate it. But you know what God did? He said, see, I've given it to you. We need to start looking at our area where we live. See, God has given it. God has given it. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose. Do you believe that today? As, as we as believers begin to do our part, God's going to do his part. And all God, Joshua had to do was march around the city till the seventh day. And then they let out a loud shout. And the walls came crumbling down. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. <laughs> but then there's that realization prayer. This is where you realize. See, God wants you to know that you know that you know. you got to know that you know. I've had people come to me through the years. Brother Clarence, I think you're a great preacher. But I just don't see it like you're talking about. 
I said, that's okay. One of them was so bold as to say, could you tone it down a little bit? <laughs> I said, no, sir, I will not tone it down. <laughs> because I'm a messenger from God. And we're going to speak the word of the Lord. And this word's going to get in your heart. And you know what? That one that said that, that all of a sudden, he saw it. And God did a transformation in his life. Used him for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, we can't get mad at nobody. Listen, for a long time, we've always walked by our feelings. We've always walked by our sight. We've always walked by what our emotions tell us. We've, we've done that for years, right? How many knows it's hard to change somebody from their old habits? My wife's not here. I can say it. A habit, you know, it's a hard thing to shake. Take the H off, you still got a bit. You take the H A off, you still got bit. You take the H A B off, you still have it. <laughs> it's a hard thing to shake. Habits. But you know what? God says, see it like he sees it. Amen? See it like he sees it. What did he say? Look at verse twenty nine of Ephesians there. Uh we're in the third chapter of Ephesians. Let's read the third chapter of Ephesians. I want to read, just read these verses real quick. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father. See, God wants us to know. How many wants to really get a revelation? How many really wants a revelation of what God's Word says? I, I don't want to just read words. I want it to be alive. I want it to be a message. I want it to be a promise. I want it to be something. But look. For this calls about my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That's, the inner man's what's got to be strengthened, right? According to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding, I like these adjectives. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I was pastoring a church. Temporary, I was interim pastor at this particular place, and, and I was ministering, and my, my wife's cousin came. Good man. He loved the Lord. Sing, boy, he could sing, anointed singer. Him and his daughter, and they had a trio. I mean, they, they were just out of this world. But he just, he came to me one day, he said, Brother Clarence, he said, uh, well, cousin, he called me cuz. <laughs> he said, you know, you're a good preacher, but I just don't. Get what you're saying. I said, well, just hang in there. Just listen. Just listen. I mean, he came for about six weeks, sitting on the front row. <laughs> After He sang, and we did all these things, you know. And he sang, and, and all, all of us, one, one Sunday morning I was preaching, and all of a sudden I noticed his whole expression changed. His eyes got wide, and he's like, I get it. <laughs> 
And he couldn't hardly wait till after I got done preaching. He come up to me and grabbed me. He said, Clarence, I see it. I finally see what you've been telling me for all these weeks. I see it. He went out of there rejoicing because he's seen it. We've got to have that revelation truth come alive in our hearts. I really see it now. <laughs> it's when you know that you know that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. When you know that you know you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And and look at what it says. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, you ought to read Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 10. You, you were dead in trespasses, but God raised us up. God's raised us up. He's made us new creatures. <laughs> And we're enabled. We're enabled by the power of God. How many knows that's where your power comes? From God. We're enabled by the power. We have life. We have life. And more abundantly through Christ Jesus. We can be what we know. Every one of us. We can... Experience the fullness of God. God's power working in us. Look at what First John 4, 4, he said this. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we've quoted that all the time. <laughs> but quoting it and getting it down in here is two different things. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We've got to begin to see ourselves like God sees us. We see beyond the trouble and lift our heads and see above everything. And just look out above it all. Hallelujah. I Don't look at the trouble. See above it. Praise God. See what God's doing. And see the angels. See this. Listen, you've got angels of God assigned to you. We need to start seeing our angels out there. They're our protectors. There are avengers. Angel, I tell you what, if I was a crook, I wouldn't want to mess with my angel. My angel, he knows karate. <laughs> but look, Psalms 91. This, this is a powerful scripture, Psalmist David said. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Listen, during this time we're living in, we need to get these we need to get these scriptures out and start speaking them and saying them. No plague is going to come nigh my dwelling. How many believe we can say that? We can say it. The word says it. And for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all the ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. So we got to see ourselves as God sees us. We've got to believe what God says. And let's do what God says we can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Those two prayers that Paul prayed, you ought to take time to just take those down and just read them and study them and just dissect them a little bit and see what God says that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. I want to tell you something. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We're born-again believers, blood-washed. Holy Ghost field, anointed of God, 
and God's power is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We, we need to begin to see these things. These aren't just cliches and just scriptures that we can just speak. We got to get it out of our, coming out of our heart. I believe God. How many believes him this morning? Lift your hands and just thank God for the word of God. Father, we thank you that your word is truth. It's powerful. Lord, it does all that we, that we, we just know it does everything, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I tell you, I, I don't know about you, but I believe it. How many needs just to let release your faith for something in your life right now? Every one of us has something we can do it. And you know what? There's a simple solution. And it's just in simply in this little course that we sing here a lot. Well, it's only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only personal and just lift your hand and say, Lord, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Lord, Lord, I believe all things are possible. Lord, I believe. Now, could we just sing, Lord, I, this is by faith. Lord, I receive. <laughs> Lord, I receive all things are possible, Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive, Lord, I receive, all things are possible, Lord, I stand our feet this morning and all those by Facebook Live we want you to just reach out in faith and receive what God has for you we just need to say it out loud together I am what God says I am say it out loud I am what God says I am I have what God says I have and I can do what God says I can do because Jesus Christ is Lord over all powers of darkness amen Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we just thank you today. Minister to every person. In Jesus' name, we just give you praise. Glory to God.
God bless you.